Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. So Rachel. So sorry. I started it off like that this oh, time because you're back. I am back. You're back from? India. Mm-hmm. Was there for a month, which is crazy. Yes. Tell me just really fast. Tell our listeners what you're doing over there. I was, it was a vision trip for me, but I was with um, the guy who's over strategy and he was meeting with his leaders and casting vision and talking about strategy. So it was just really cool. I got to see a bunch of different places all over India. We went to five different cities from north to not really south. Further south was Mumbai. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was really cool. Got to see a lot and learn a lot. Listened a lot. Mm-hmm. You great. tell me that. You listened a lot. Well, today you're back in the studio with me and a friend of mine, Jessica Fraylin, came in town because she was speaking yes. somewhere and I'm so glad she texted me and just said, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to hang out? She's so great. And I, th- I thought y'all would like each other. Yeah, she's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to meet other 20-somethings doing similar-ish things and just yeah. to get to connect. Trying to hook you up with friends. All the anyway. friends. <laughs> well, Jessica, uh, I met her when she wrote her book. Um, I don't know if she told me the title can either be hashtag stolen or stolen alone. So either one of those, not stolen alone, but stolen. Just stolen. Yeah. And the subtitle is, is social media stealing away your identity? So that's kind of what we're talking about today. Just social media, um, the struggles of it, but the awesomeness of it. How do we do it the right way? What are some tricks and tips? And yeah, how do we guard ourselves within it and mm-hmm. make sure that our intentions are in the right place? And yep. it's just a wake up call. I think sometimes we can just get in a pattern of doing things and don't really think about why we're doing them. So yeah. we're just asking the hard questions. Yep. And she said that she originally wrote it because she couldn't find any resources on it whenever she was leading a group of girls. So mm. if you're leading a group of girls or you're a mom or you have teenagers or you just don't understand this whole like social media world, mm. this could be a really great resource for you because now there is a resource. Yep. The resource of the book and now the resource of the podcast. We hope you overcome your Monday today. Today, my friend Jessica Fraylin spoke at Southern Wesleyan down the road, and then she came to hang out with me. I met Jessica at the Proverbs 31 She Speaks conference in 2013. She knew me because my husband used to be the campus pastor at Liberty University, which is where Jessica graduated with a degree in worship, leadership, and songwriting. She was fortunate enough to publish her book, Hashtag Stolen with Abington Press when she was a junior in college. She was born in Virginia and is currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. She is a freelance writer, loves throw blankets and avocados, and hates bugs. Also in the studio with us today is Rachel. She's co-hosting with me, and she's my super-duper assistant. (laughs) And she just returned from a month-long vision trip to India. So ladies, thanks for being here. Jessica, it's good to have you. Um, how did it go this morning speaking at Southern Wesleyan? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> it was great. I had a really good morning over there talking about social media with the psychology and sociology students. Mm-hmm. And your parents went there, or your dad went there. My dad graduated from there a yeah. while back. Were they, and so social media is one of your things. It is. That's yeah. what your book's kind of written on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Rachel, tell me a little bit about Indy. I haven't seen you in a while. Tell us your the thing that you miss right now sitting here in this chair about India. Right now, the thing that I miss is oh, sh- oh, good. Mm-hmm. all the bread, all the rice, the potatoes. It's like Carb City, mm-hmm. and I was not mad about it. That's what you told me when you got back. You were like, <laughs> is there a such thing as a vegetable? <laughs> it had been a long time since I had eaten like 
fresh vegetables Mm -hmm. or a plethora of them cabbage (laughs) potatoes rice i have some broccoli in the fridge when we get home if you want it (laughs) munching on trees it's so fun so jessica whenever we were getting in here one of the things we wanted to ask you is if you had an embarrassing moment but then you started sharing that you don't really get easily embarrassed so that's true we decided to do a would you rather so i have two would you rathers Okay. First one is, would you rather be forced to wear a wet sock for the rest of your life or <laughs> life, life. life for the rest of your life, wet socks, or only be allowed to wash your hair once a year? Ooh. Wet socks for the rest of your life. Yeah, this isn't easy. Yes. I'm not washing my hair. <laughs> what? Oh my God. You're choosing the no hair wash? Listen, okay, wow. I have some friends who are super hippies um <laughs> who don't wash their hair anymore because yeah like your natural everything. oils actually work after a while so the i feel like the first three months would be horrible yes and then after that it'd be okay but you don't want to wear wet socks no <laughs> so what happens that can't be good for you the feet <laughs> like the skin on your feet no <laughs> this is gross people don't want to talk about it feet on a gross. podcast <laughs> but it, you said one wet sock right so you could switch it back and forth you could that's wanted. so much effort. I'm always okay. going for the minimal effort <laughs> minimal situation. Effort. Right. Hence not washing your hair. Yes. Okay. Speaking of minimal effort, this hey, might require some By the way, I just effort. need to say this. Jessica has great hair. So she does have great no hair. No judging. No judging on the hair. She has great hair. She looks, it looks like you've yeah. washed your hair. I know, really. Well, I, I've washed it in the last year for sure. Yes. <laughs> so the second one, this is kind of odd, but would you rather have a finger as a tongue or a Ooh. tongue as a finger? <laughs> That's weird. It's so weird. I'm stumped. Um, <laughs> if you had a finger as a tongue. I think a tongue as a finger because you'd still have nine other fingers and you could just make it work. <laughs> right? Yes. That yeah. Answer. <laughs> I think if you ever met a guy and your tongue was a finger, that might be, I, be a turn off. Hinder I'm future potential relationships. <laughs> yes. Or you're speaking. True. Could be How, very uncomfortable to be on with a podcast a finger as a with tongue? a finger tongue. <laughs> and Tucker, what do you think? Tucker's in here with us today. Tucker, what if a girl had a finger for her tongue, what would you do? Would you ask her out? Probably a hard oh, pass. No. Hard he pass. Says no. Hard pass. Okay. Oh. So there you go. There's your answer, maybe. Wow. Those are great. Just um, I'm impressed. Thank you. <laughs> So what I didn't say about you, Jessica, is that I said that you're a publisher. I don't know in the intro if I said that you, I said you were a writer, but I didn't say you were a speaker, which I know that you are, but somehow I just forgot to add that in there. It's okay. Um, I'm a writer first. You're like a million things. You're a writer, you're a speaker, and then you do branding and you like to write songs and sing, although you haven't done that in a while. But yeah. you like to talk a lot, you told me. And so <laughs> I thought you were just throwing me under the bus. No. You like to talk. You said that. You no, said that at lunch, so I'm just bringing it right back up. And you said that you're glad you get paid to do it. And so yes. with all of these things, um, I just kind of was wondering if you could tell us, like, have you had any difficult experiences as a female speaker? Yeah. Um, gosh, yes. Um speaking and writing and all those things you mentioned I'm a creative for sure mm-hmm. um and I always have been but there's certainly times I don't necessarily have a great specific story for you but there are times either age or gender has played a huge role in like well you definitely can't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. um either because you're a woman or because you're in your 20s and you mm-hmm. just haven't experienced enough life yet um so yeah, that's difficult, but I think I've just had to learn to stay in my lane. I have a lot of awesome people who do support my work and mm-hmm. I get to do it as a living and that's a win for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always going to be people who are not necessarily in your corner, but yeah. I do think that as a woman, particularly in ministry as a woman, there are people who just don't love that. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I have two questions on piggybacking on that. Cause I'm really interested cause I speak too. Mm-hmm. And I've had some interesting moments as far as that's concerned, but, um, but I know that this is something that I'm supposed to do and I'm called to do. How yeah. do you, um, either, what is the thing that you say to yourself to keep yourself encouraged, mm-hmm. you know, that the Lord has told you, or is there something that someone else has said to you that helps you hold on to encouragement to keep going in this and speaking? Yeah. 
I mean, I think it's the same. The thing that people tell me and the thing that I've now started telling myself is just remember who you are. I think it's so easy to look at what somebody else is doing or what either to be intimidated by the fact that, oh, this person is so much mm-hmm. further along or to have people that maybe are not in your corner kind of get you down about it. Mm-hmm. But I just remember like this is definitely what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the closer I walk with the Lord, the more assured I am of that. And then the moments yeah. when I really started try to start chasing somebody else's dream mm-hmm. or what I think it should look like are the times that it gets really discouraging. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite speaking event? Do you have one or just a moment that you remember? It doesn't have to be the superlative one, but. I remember, so I was a communications director at a church before I started to do this full time. And I remember the conference that I spoke at that made me want to go full time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a women's conference and it was actually in my hometown, which was really special. And nobody from my hometown had really ever heard me in this area of life before. They knew me as a worship leader, but not as a speaker. And I went and it was just. It was, I think, also the first big event that I did after the book came out. And everyone was so supportive. And it just went better than I could have imagined. And um, actually, three days before the event, I had a talk written. I was, like, super prepared. And the Lord was like, I don't want you to talk about that. Always. I didn't know that would happen, like, every time. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was the first time that I really got up there. And I didn't wing it. But it was, like, brand new material. It wasn't what I was expecting and. God just really showed up and I thought, okay, if that's what this is about, then I want to do this Mm -hmm. and only this. Cool. Um, Speaking of your book, you got a book deal as a junior in college. Yeah. Crazy. It was crazy. And I remember seeing you at the event where you did the interview. I don't know if I talked with you there. I talked with somebody there. I just remember and right before the interview, but maybe, maybe it wasn't you, but I remember um, you got, you got your book deal at She Speaks. Did yes. You? Well, I met. Or you with, interviewed. Yeah. I pitched my book at She Speaks and that led to a book deal about three months down the road. But even that day, they were like, we're really interested in this, which blew me away because mm-hmm. I was going to She Speaks with the idea of I just want to get feedback for this mm-hmm. in the future. Something I was interested in, but it was never something I thought I would do in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but then I got an offer and was like, well, I mean, I guess we're doing this now. I'm not going to turn it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did that look like writing a book in college? Yeah, um, it was not as hard as I thought it would be, only because I, I say that now only because as an adult with a real job, I find it even harder to write than I did in college. Mm-hmm. I pretty much just once I found out that was a possibility, scheduled all my classes for mornings and would just go to the library from maybe like one to four every afternoon. That was the easiest time for me because everyone else was still in class, so I didn't feel like I was missing the college mm-hmm. experience, and I just kind of... Mm-hmm. Made it work. So we started in October, and I turned it in in March of my junior year of college. Mm. That's such a short timeline to write a book. It is. It was just a very long paper. It's kind (laughs) of the way I I viewed it. Very long paper. Very long. So how many words was it? How many? Do you remember? I want to say forty thousand. Yeah, because it's not a super long book, but I mean. That's a lot of words. 40, I can count them. Up. I have it right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rachel, do you want to take over? Um, yeah. I don't need to work. Well, so, see I you mean, guys in six hours. <laughs> talking about timelines in general. So writing and speaking mm-hmm. isn't like the typical nine to five job. Like you're going to sit down at your desk at nine o'clock and then leave at five and leave it all behind you. Yeah. It's like sporadic. It's on weekends. So how do you manage your time? And then do you have like a rhythm that you follow that like keeps you sane? Yeah. That's a great question. I think I've tried many different rhythms to try to figure out what works best for my life because as Shari mentioned, I do some branding and freelance Mm -hmm. writing. Um, Speaking and writing for yourself is kind of an ebb and flow sort of situation. So there's some months where you're slammed and some where not a lot of work is coming in. And so freelancing has been a great way to kind of stabilize my life and my income and to not feel like everything is just like hinging on one particular thing. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's, Honestly, with freelancing, I try to make it as much of a nine to five as I can. When I take on a new client, I tell them, you know, I'm not available to take on new work or to talk with you about current work on weekends or evenings. Not necessarily because I'm not working on it, but just Mm -hmm. because I needed to establish some system of rest. Um, Because if I'm not home on a weekend, that means I'm out speaking anyway. And so I do try to at least create that rhythm and... I know people talk a lot about a consistent day of rest or taking a Sabbath Mm -hmm. a certain day. 
it doesn't look like that for me, but I do try to take one day off every week. It might be a Tuesday one week and a Saturday the next week and then a Wednesday, but I try to have one day where I'm not on my laptop doing something that really is soul filling. Yeah. So uh, your book is called Stolen. Mm -hmm. What was kind of your passion behind writing that? So Stolen came out of me in college leading a high school girl small group. And this was back in maybe 2011. And I just noticed, for some reason, this was the year that all my high school girls got iPhones. <laughs> and I know they had already existed, but it was just like suddenly on our social scene big time. Yeah. And I just saw, obviously, insecurity is not new, but I saw it kind of take a new form in social media. And mm. I wanted to know how best to address that, especially as it relates to faith and how the church talks about it. And went to bookstores to see what resources maybe I could pull, and there was nothing. Hmm. So it was kind of birthed out of this idea that social media is not going anywhere. Yeah, We don't need to run screaming from it. it doesn't, it's not all bad, hmm. but it definitely can have some hangups, and we need to understand how to approach it. So I really just did a deep dive into that world to try to figure out what wisdom I could glean from it to then share with other people, and hmm. here we are. That's mm-hmm. so good. You talk a lot of things. Uh, you talk about a lot of things, obviously, in your book relating to social media. Just um, how social media has told us who we are, how um, it can suck more life out of you than just a battery. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. You just go into like material uh, com- competition, addiction, things like that. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes are so far in reading your book because I haven't gone through the whole thing. But um, you say your desire to be loved is okay. Cling to the truth. Hold it tight when you hear those incessant voices whisper things like, you don't need anything or anyone. Just be independent. Maybe you've listened to those whispers and tried to silence those needs to become self-sufficient and independent and strong. I've sure tried before, but I learned that it doesn't work because it isn't supposed to. Our desire to be loved is more than okay. It's part of what makes us human. Take a moment and let that truth sink in. And I think that um, when... I think when we're hurt or when we're struggling with something, when we want to be loved, that's a natural thing is to like harden our hearts to the thing that we're Mm -hmm. not, maybe that we're not getting, or if we're trying to feel love in some way, I found personally that if I just shut myself off to the desire for it, I can, it can feel like I'm better, but I'm not. There's this hurt that's still deep, you know, Mm -hmm. inside. And I think that God's actually given us that need and desire to feel loved so that we'll seek it out in him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But we run after, quote, other idols, other things. Really, pretty much anything that we try to fill that tank with other than God is an idol. And social media can be that. And so you talk about that in this book. And I just wondered, um, could you just show us, like, I know that you're not the expert on life and all things um, social media, but certainly you've written this book. What do you think are some warning signs that we're trying to fill our love need with social media instead of Jesus? Like what yeah. are some patterns or lifestyles that you see that are? Yes. I, I mean, well, I think not even just with social media, but what you were saying is so true. I think especially as a woman, um, there's kind of a cultural message that's like, be independent. You don't need anybody, mm-hmm. you know, empower yourself, which I mean, yes, I'm all for women that are empowered and know who they are and all these things. But certainly being independent and being closed off to everyone is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think in social media, when we when we see the tone of our posts or our photos or whatever, really start to take on this, let me prove to you that I am mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, what that really shows us is that we have a need that needs to be met, but social media isn't going to meet it. So we need to do the work of digging into... Why do I really feel this way? Where can this need be met? And of course, the answer is Jesus, but the Christian answer is right. Jesus. But it's also real community. And right. what we talked yeah. about with finding that rhythm to rest and to remember who you are and to dig into what you're good at, what your gifts are, your passions, like all these different things help us live into who we were meant to be mm-hmm. instead of just trying to get that validation from people through the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's tempting because it... The hard thing is it can be very immediate. Yes. Or it could not be immediate at all. And mm-hmm. and you could feel very ignored. And so to put our hope and trust 
and such a um, unpredictable, I would say, yeah. um, form of satisfaction. I think this, the lie is that you have your phone right there, you have your social media right there, you feel like it could feed that need right away, but mm-hmm. Jesus feels so far away. Right. You know, and God feels so far away. Yeah. So how practically is he really going to meet my need when I can pick up my phone and I feel like I could meet it right here, but really maybe it meets our need or maybe we just feel completely discouraged after an hour of searching for our yeah. importance, you yeah. know? I think we're in such a culture of quick fixes too. Everything is so instant. You know, you can just get on Amazon Prime or mm-hmm. every microwave your dinner. Like everything is so quick that we forget mm-hmm. that things that are relational and spiritual quick fixes just are not lasting and so i think it is like it is harder to seek jesus than to get on instagram Mm -hmm. it it is harder it takes more work it takes more effort it takes more time but the reward is so much deeper than posting something on instagram and having it i feel like get however many likes we don't even realize that we're doing it like that the things that we're doing on social media are us begging for attention definitely like i had a friend um just the other day she was talking about like setting up boundaries for yourself like if you say i'm not gonna date for a year so what does that tangibly look like are you Mm -hmm. gonna like maybe you need to watch yourself whenever you're liking their posts on social media and it's a single guy like Are you liking it because you want him to notice you or like responding to someone's Instagram story? Like, are you responding to that single guy's Instagram story because you want him to start up a conversation and notice you? Like, yeah. So we have to be aware. We look at social media as such a mindless thing, but our motivations, when you dig (laughs) down, you can see what you're really doing and it'll actually tell you a lot about where your heart is. Yeah. If you're in that self-aware place, kind of. You talk about that a little bit in your book about how Mm -hmm. like in the quote olden days people actually had to (laughs) talk to each other and get to know each other and have a relationship like that but yeah I I think there was something almost uh, this isn't word for word but you said something like you can almost be in love with a guy on social media before you even meet him oh like yeah I love him they were like well this is what this is the sports team that he's on and this is this and he you know like I know he went to this movie last Friday and I'm like cool he doesn't know who you are so that's creepy like But I think we confuse knowing things about people with actually knowing them. Mm. And that's our community issue on social media. It's like, well, I see all this stuff. I could write a book about facts about this person. And I'm like, Mm. yeah, but facts are not relationship. Which is what Clayton says a lot of times when he preaches. I remember hearing him say this all the time. But he would say, I know a lot of things about Michael Jordan. And he would like list (laughs) all these things, right? And then he'd say, but if I walked into a room and Michael Jordan was there and I was like, what's up? He'd be like, I don't know who you are. And so he kind of compares that to some people know a lot about Jesus. They don't really know who he is. So, I mean, you can can take it there too. Yeah, I think that's true across the board. Mm -hmm. Knowing about and knowing Mm -hmm. are not the same. So you had another quote. And you said, sadly, there is potential for a lot of bad on social media, but there's also a huge potential for good. And I wouldn't want us to miss that. So what are some ways that people can use social media for good and not for bad? Yeah. I mean, I know we harp a lot on the insecurities and the meanness that can happen online and just a ton of things. But I think we're living in this really unique time that no other generation has ever had where we have an automatic platform. Yeah. Um, people listen when we talk and that's not, that's a luxury, honestly, that people mm-hmm. haven't always had. And so I think our words hold weight either way. And so I'm trying really hard to keep the really deep, messy, difficult pieces of my life to my real life friends, but then to go on social media and instead of using it as this place to be validated or affirmed, to use it as a place to share encouragement and to share truth and to use that platform maybe for somebody else who's struggling with those things. And so Mm -hmm. I think so many of us are tempted to just like log off social media because we're like, look at all the bad things that are happening here. There's nothing redeeming about that. But I think about even ways that the gospel can be shared across languages and cultures. And Mm -hmm. we have such instant access to people that we never had. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of power in that if we choose to use it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you're paying for a billboard, but it's free. Yeah, totally <laughs> you know, yes. like and it's um, people who quote unquote are like getting to know you and mm-hmm. you your words might hold more weight with them because they follow along with your life mm-hmm. we'll be back in just a moment but first let's check in with elizabeth harper our in-house beauty expert for some top trends and your weekly dose of practical advice 
Hey everybody, welcome to season three of Tips and Tricks. This season I've been going over tips from Shari's book, I Love You More Except When I Don't, Fighting to Keep Jesus First. This has been a wonderful read for me. I've gotten so much from each chapter and I've kind of gone through this season and touched on a few tips from each from a couple chapters that stood out to me. Um, and this is another one of those. And it's actually chapter one. I love you more than myself. And one of the things from this chapter that really stood out to me and my first tip is accepting the love, accepting love of Jesus. He loves you. Ask him to show you what is clouding your love lens. So if we're going to receive love from others, if we want to be in loving relationships. Sometimes there's things that are clouding our hearts or our lens of love that are preventing us from being able to see and receive people's love. And so one of the best things we can do, the only thing to do really, is to go to Jesus and ask him, what is it that's clouding our love lens? And you know, sometimes this is a process. He goes down deep, um, but he will show you what it is that's keeping you from being able to see and receive other people's love. Number two, so how do we do that? What does that look like to go to Jesus and say, you know, Lord, show me, show me what's clouding my heart from being able to receive this love. One of the things I love that Shari talks about in this chapter is through worship. And, um, she says, worship helps the heart to believe what your soul knows. So as we worship, the Holy Spirit comes and he opens our hearts up. So we're able to um, help our heart to believe what our soul and our spirit already know through the Lord Jesus Christ. And number three, I've only got three tips because these three are so key, I think, and um, they summarize it and they open our hearts up to receive, uh, receive love and receive this message. Um, number three is remember the Holy Spirit came to help us. In John 13, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will lead us to truth. Um, sometimes when our love lens is clouded and we are unable to see and receive the love from other people, well, what clouds it? Lies, things that aren't true, whether it's experiences that we've had in our life that have misled us and caused us, caused us to take on a belief system of untruth. The thing is, is that the Lord brought his helper, the Holy Spirit to lead us to truth. So First and foremost, we ask the Lord to show us what's clouding our hearts. We do this through worship of him opening up our hearts to believe what our soul knows. And this happens through the Holy Spirit leading us into truth. Guys, these are just a few tips from this chapter. I fully encourage you to go and read it yourself. You will not be sorry. This will change your relationships. This will change your heart. I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, I think it's, I think when social media first came out, because it wasn't like this when I was younger, although <laughs> you guys know it more than I did, but I remember thinking, why would I post so much about myself? Who are all these people? Yeah. Um, but then it's, a, it's, I really noticed it's a ministry um, mm-hmm. where people will just text me or send me a message or see me in public, which sometimes is kind of weird when <laughs> they're like, oh, you visited your whoever last week. That's kind of creepy at first, but then you realize people are just watching your life. Yeah. And they get to watch it for real, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. It's like an inside scoop. Mm-hmm. And and then you don't have, so this sounds weird. It's like a quote, real life, you know, real life show yeah. on TV, but without the wondering whether they're going to twist it and make it you yeah. know, against Christ, you can make it exactly say exactly what you believe without wondering if someone's going to like yeah. trash yeah. who you are and trash what ministry is and trash who Jesus is. You can, you have control over it. So yeah. you can give the gospel in a, in a good light. Yes. I think we can be as transparent or not as we want on social media, mm-hmm. which is good and bad, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to be who we're not, but it's also a really great opportunity to be who we are and mm-hmm. not necessarily that we have to tell everybody everywhere we eat and who Mm -hmm. we're with and what we're doing because nobody cares that much Mm -hmm. about everybody's details of life. But Mm -hmm. um, 
meaningful moments and when God shows up and cool things that happen, like it's absolutely awesome to Mm -hmm. me to share those and to have other people say, this happened to me or what you said really encouraged me. Thank you so much. Like just all those little things, we can really be building each other up. What are your, I'm sorry, I'm going kind of in a different direction, but what are you, what are your guidelines as far as what you post and what you don't post? Yeah. Um, do you have any like I do I don't know that I have like a specific set of rules Mm -hmm. um one of my friends actually recently was talking about how she doesn't necessarily post who she's with on her Instagram stories because Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to promote the culture of people who she's not with feeling left out Mm -hmm. so she's like the reason that you only see pictures of my dog and my husband on my Instagram stories is not because I never leave my house Mm -hmm. but it's because I want Instagram to be a platform where you're encouraged by what God's teaching me and not mm. sad that I'm hanging out with this friend and you didn't get invited oh, or that's whatever. Interesting. And yeah. I'm like, that is really interesting. I had never thought about it like that. Um, I will say I try to keep my social media more, I don't want to say ideology because that sounds so like, mm-hmm. it's less about what I'm doing and more about what God's doing in me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily posting, like we went to lunch today. I didn't take any pictures. I'm mm-hmm. not going to Instagram that we had lunch, but... I'll probably post some picture of like Anderson today and Mm -hmm. be like, it's been a great week in Greenville. Here's what God's teaching me. Mm -hmm. So just, I mean, maybe for relatability, but also because I really do want some things in my life to be my own, but Mm -hmm. I still want to share with people what I'm learning and how I'm growing so that if it's something that relates to them, they can appreciate that with me, kind of. It's so hard because everybody's so different. I know my husband like posts everything. I'm here with this person. I'm doing this now. And I also people think it's love different it. for guys, though. Yeah, that's true. But I, and I'm not necessarily don't like it. I'm just saying yeah. I feel like he just loves it, you know? Yes. I do too, but not to the extent that he does. Mm-hmm. And then our kids pretty much don't want us ever posting <laughs> on our stories because they yeah. don't want their friends to know oh, everything yeah. we're doing, well, or especially it's... when we're with them, you know? Yes. I think it can be personality related and. Mm-hmm like platform related, just all kind of things. And I don't think that there's necessarily a right or wrong. Mm -hmm. For me, this isn't about what I post and don't post, but for me, it's really important to not be on it all the time. I take breaks and take time to just kind of unplug, even if it's for two days, even if it's just, okay, Saturday, Sunday, Mm -hmm. I'm going to delete the app and not worry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that helps me come back and remember like, why do I post? What Mm -hmm. is social media to me? Mm -hmm. Because we can just get caught up in doing it because we have to, or because we have to keep up with content or Mm -hmm. everyone else is doing it or whatever. And when I take a break, I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't that Mm -hmm. important. Like Mm -hmm. it's a great tool, but it's not that important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, one more quote, you said women today spend a lot more time comparing each other, um, than affirming each other. So, it was like a true or false statement that you put in there. I liked how you did that. You kind of, I think it was like a, sorry, a no, respond, <laughs> like respond to this. Do you think this is true or false? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what kind of feedback have you gotten from your audience like about that statement that women maybe spend more time comparing each other than actually yeah. affirming each other? Yeah. I think we do. It's funny. I feel like a lot of the feedback comes from like, yes, people totally do this to me. Like like we're all thinking about (laughs) it as we're the victim and we are, but we all do it too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do it. Like I'll get on and be like, oh, that person has such a cool job this week and I'm just over here writing about (laughs) something that's not, I'm not passionate about in freelance world or, you know, like this girl takes so many vacations. Where does she get the money for all these vacations? Now she's in Bali. What's going on? You know, Mm -hmm. um, when reality, like, I don't know her life and I don't know if it's all that great, really. Um, so I think it's easy to compare. I, I mean, the obvious thing is like body image. Women talk mm-hmm. a lot about all of that. But I also think it's lifestyle and mm-hmm. family and people's lives can look perfect in any capacity. And so I think I think social media has been around long enough that we're starting to realize that 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 comparison, what they post on Instagram or Facebook is not their real life. Yeah. We're starting to see the effects of that being a highlight reel because you'll see someone's social media and everything will look great and you'll see them in person and they're like, everything is terrible. Mm -hmm. Like I'm having a really hard time in life and this is going on in my marriage and my kid is this and my job is this, you know. Yeah. And so I think that makes it easier. 
I think real life friendships make social media comparisons a lot less tempting because you realize that everybody's life is not as great as it actually looks. Yeah. That's so good. Real life relationships make social media lives not as tempting. (laughs) That's so good. I love that. That's so good. What do you think, uh, what are some ways that you fight comparison? Honestly, sometimes I have to log off and sometimes I have to unfollow people. Um, I think we view unfollowing people as this really mean act or whatever, but I'm like, no, it's for our friendship to stay intact because I'm not in a healthy space. You know, I'm frustrated that your job is going so much better than mine or you're this or that, whatever. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, honestly, the best thing for me is just to not put it in front of my eyes as much. Mm. And it's not an indication of whether I like that person or respect that person. It's just I don't think we were meant to be intaking that much information Mm -hmm. every day on a screen. And so it's like, you know what? If this is becoming a problem, I don't have to listen to it. I mean, Scripture talks all the time about guarding our hearts. And Mm -hmm. I think social media is absolutely applicable there, too. Have you read any stats about, like, when you go to bed or wake up in the morning? Like looking at everything before you go to bed. I've heard, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even aside from like social media, just blue light. There's been a lot of studies about how like staring at screens before you go to bed can really disrupt like your REM cycle. Um, yeah. I'm one of those like really old school people that doesn't even like Kindles and I just read paper books and that's like the first <laughs> yes. and last hour of my day every day. I'm a big yeah. reader. Um So, yeah, I mean, I just don't want the weight of the world, whatever's happening in the news, whatever's going on on social media, um, to be the first thing that goes into my head or the last thing that leaves it. It's just not the most important thing to me. Almost everything that you've talked about, it seems like the general theme has been, like, self-awareness. Yeah. Like, you have to have this moment of looking into yourself and realizing, like, what issues am I having with this and what is my intention with this. Right. Like and if, social media is not happening to you. Yes. Like, like you have a control over you get to choose if what you're that on it, like. how much you're on it, who you follow. Yeah. And I think we don't remember that. We just assume like yeah. I have to be on all these platforms because everyone is. And I have to post this often because everyone does. Yeah. And you don't. And we don't take the time to like actually sit and reflect on how it's impacting yeah. us is or this what we want it right to now? be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yep. So, um, You've done so many things. Uh, you have some your hands in so many different things. But <laughs> I was wondering, what uh, tool or advice give you the most courage for your calling? For you can either choose, or you can choose it all. But like speaking, writing. Here's mine. I know I met B- Matthew Barnett um, mm-hmm. from the Dream Center in California one time, and yeah. we were just asking him about speaking. Overall, my husband and I were, and we were asking what his best advice was. And he said, well, my dad told me one time when I get up on stage um, to just look at the crowd and to imagine that everyone loves me. And he said, whether they love me or not, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because I'm speaking to the people who want to hear what I have to say, not to the people who don't or the people who are tired or the people who aren't paying attention that I will do the best. Like I'll be able to fulfill what it is that the message that God's put in my heart if I believe that this crowd is for me, you know? Yeah. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, that's so good. Yeah. Not that I think about it every time I get on stage, but every now and then I have thought yeah. that. Like, if I see someone asleep, I'm like, I'm not speaking to him. I'm speaking to these people, you know? Yeah. And maybe that guy's not asleep. Maybe he's just kind of <laughs> like, I don't know. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, but all that to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm focusing on those people who want to listen, who want to learn, who want to grow, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think there's a couple things. The first one, it's going to sound like it directly contradicts the advice you got, but I don't think it does. Um, One of my friends told me one day, you're not for everybody. Mm, And that's fine. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with... um, (laughs) I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm a three on the Enneagram, and we just want to be impressive, and we just want to be liked, and Mm. we want to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I kind of had to come to terms with like, my platform and my personality and who I am, not everybody's going to love that. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be like, you're my girl. I feel the same way you yeah. do. And then some people are going to go, no, I really relate to this speaker or this author better. And that's fine. Um, I think I had to learn to stop universally appealing to everyone because then your people don't feel like you understand them because you're too busy yeah. trying to be for everybody. Mm. Um, so that definitely. And then I also think, 
the best advice I got from someone else was you just need to be who you are. But in the sense of like, I was talking about, well, I'm an aspiring writer and I'm this and eventually I want to do this. And he was like, no, you just are a writer. You write, Mm -hmm. be a writer. Like, yeah, that's what you are. You don't have to. And, And even in character qualities of like, I mean, I'm not one of those, like, name it and claim it. You can have whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But in in character, it's like, no, I'm a kind person. Or Mm -hmm. um, I I am a hard worker. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't feel kind or, like, you're working hard, just, like, speak that into existence and then live up to who you are. Mm. Yeah. Instead of kind of bashing yourself for not being all the things that you want to be. I'm a big fan of, like, calling other people up into things instead of calling people out for things Mm. and I forgot to do that for myself Mm. (laughs) sometimes and so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. just like being who I am and who I want to be and then living into like if this is who I know I want to look in the mirror and see then Mm. act that way Mm. that's good yeah that's helped me a lot in career but it's also helped me a lot as a person yeah Yeah. that's That's so good um so what message from stolen do you think maybe our listeners need to hear like you have a few minutes go on your rant like they got one <laughs> thing and they rant. never grab this microphone yes, and they mm. never read the book but you wanted yeah. them to know this one thing what would it be um man I think don't be afraid of social media but mm. approach it knowing who you are I think we look to social media to validate us to affirm us or even to tell us who we are like what group of this do I fit in and um if you know exactly how much you're worth and exactly what not even exactly what your calling is, but, you know, what God has for you in this next season, then you can approach social media um, with this idea of telling people about it, with the idea of building real-life friendships. Yeah. Even, I mean, I've met some of my best friends online, but we took that relationship offline and started meeting for coffee or Mm -hmm. talking on the phone if we weren't in the same place or just, like, anything that adds a personal touch to it. So I think use social media what it was meant to be used for mm-hmm. um which is really connecting with people it's mm-hmm. not screaming into the void going pay attention to me like me look at this picture um mm. when we do that it's never going to be meaningful but if you approach it with something to give um or if you're looking for something more meaningful like relationships i think it can become a really good tool yeah which is yeah. really interesting because um when i just got back from a trip in peru and a friend of mine was there who um Anyway, all that to say, Lisa Turkers was invited into a, a conversation with Mike Zuckerberg. That's right, his name. Mark. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark. sorry. M-M-Z, you know. Sometimes <laughs> those things happen in my head. How do I not know this guy's name? It's right? okay. Um, but anyway, she was in a meeting with him. Well, really with a group of people. She just got to sit in in it. And so um, I got to – their daughter-in-law was is hired by her. And so okay. they're all sitting in the meeting together. And apparently – that meeting, they decided that they were going to change how Facebook, the algorithm again. But the point of the change was because they felt like that Facebook had gotten away from the relational aspect of it mm-hmm. that they wanted. So they were they're going to change it all because they want it to be more based on relationships and friendships rather than, I guess, promotions. promotions. And so... Sure. That's an interesting conversation, which I think probably overall the algorithm is driving everyone who is using it for a professional way, uh, very uh, driving them nuts. Yeah. But I did, I get to hear some of that, like, I don't know how I got to be the overhearer of that conversation, that that's kind of what they were talking about in that meeting. Mm-hmm. And here we are talking about the, fa- th- the fact that one thing that's negative about social media is that sometimes we can replace our friendships, Yeah. our real friendships, with um ones that are online now i will say this i have friends because clayton and i've traveled so much i have friends in a lot of different places so sometimes for me i love getting on there and being able to see what's going on in their lives because i don't get to see it on a daily basis and some of my best friends are not here yeah and so that connects me in a way but then when i see it 
I'll I'll send them a direct message or I'll pick up the phone and call them. Right. You know, so that we can catch up. It triggers something in me to where I need yeah. to call them. Not yeah. not just the like. It should be a starting point. Yes. A yes. starting point. Not That's so good, Rachel. Goal. It was really yeah. meant as a way to keep up with friends, not make friends. Really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my aunt said, are you on Facebook? I'm like, no, I'm not on Facebook. And she said, <laughs> we're all on Facebook, the whole family. You need to get on it so we can see pictures of your kids. Yeah. And that was like the beginning. Right. Yep. I you sound mean, so ancient saying that, but it wasn't that no, long whatever. ago. I had Even for instant me, messenger. That's not a thing anymore. <laughs> I like, so I got into Facebook probably around when it was getting created-ish, a little bit further along, but it was meant for college students originally. Mm-hmm. And so you had to like be a certain age, but then we mm-hmm. all put in an age that wasn't our age so we could get onto Facebook when we were still, I guess I was in middle school. Oh, we all did that? I didn't do that, Rachel. Okay, <laughs> I'm just sinner, my hands up, but... Um, I was having a conversation with someone because they were asking me, Rachel, how did you fundraise for your trip to India? That was a lot of money. And I was like, well, I don't use Facebook the way people do now, where it's all about building new relationships and connecting with people and showing all your stuff to everyone. I was like, literally having a Facebook since middle school, I've just acquired like all my friends, my friends' parents, my parents, people from their connect yeah. groups that want to like Your genuinely see my life. Mm-hmm. So there's like thousands of them, not because I've like made all these connections because what I post is so cool, but because like they're my people. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I post something like, hey, I'm going to India for a month, will you help me get there? They're like, yeah, of course, because I know you and I know your track record and I've done mm-hmm. life with you. And so, like, I wouldn't have gotten to see it any other way than seeing it on social media. But, like, you're my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, like, this cool relationship that we get to, like, just maintain relationships in a mm-hmm. different way. But sometimes, especially, I think, now, it's all about starting those new relationships and not just having it as a place where, like, we kind of get to collect the relationships that we actually made in real life. Yeah. It's not like you add There are someone. times, I'll just tell on myself here, there are times when I'll meet someone at like a birthday party, whatever, a yeah. dinner, and they'll immediately follow me on Instagram. And I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to follow you back because I might never see you again. Yeah. Like, I don't say that, but I just don't like, if we're not necessarily going to be friends in real life. I may or may not need to see your posts on my feed. Like, Mm -hmm. it's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. But I'm just really trying to keep my social media intake, I guess, limited to people that either I actually know or I really admire and they're very encouraging to me. Yeah. Um, And not not necessarily everyone I've ever met one time in any setting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's not about building that platform all the time. No. Like, having – you would rather have 600 great followers on social media – then have 24,000 that don't really care what you're yeah. posting and yes. don't really know who you are. And mm. like, it's yeah. about quality over quantity sometimes. Totally. Mm. And even in business, platform does not necessarily equal getting paid. Yeah. Um, it's more important to focus on who your people are, even in a business setting, and mm. lock in with them and give them what, what they are looking for mm. from you. Um, rather than just trying to amass everyone for any reason and have a huge number. Yeah. Right. Because um, they're not necessarily going to buy a book that you write. Mm-hmm. They might not care about you at all. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I want to be respectful of your time. So um, I just want to ask you, here's the last question. What do you do to stay spiritually healthy? What do you think your your big thing that you would say? If I said to you, Jessica, what's your favorite thing to do with God? Or what's your... yeah. What help keeps you healthy? What what would that be? There's a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'm a big outside girl. Mm-hmm. I really connect to the Lord a lot in nature. Um, so really setting aside time instead of just being like, I'm so busy. I have to sit at my desk all day every day and get this <laughs> stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, setting aside time to be just still in his presence out there. And it doesn't even necessarily, I mean, sometimes it means worship music or a podcast or taking my Bible with me, but sometimes it's just stillness mm-hmm. and listening. And I would say the other thing is when you travel so much, a good home community makes all the difference in my spiritual walk. I've noticed that in the seasons where I've kind of neglected those real friends who are going to be like, hey, girl, you're looking pretty crazy in this area. You need to settle down and get with Jesus about that. Um, When I've neglected that, I have felt really empty, especially coming off the road and being like, 
I just poured out so much, but I wasn't really full enough to give anybody my best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have a small group that meets in my house on Tuesdays, and it's these incredible women, single, married, with kids, like all different seasons. Um, and we all work in, most of us work in kind of non-traditional jobs. So everybody's in and out. Um, but I decided that I just wasn't going to travel on Tuesdays pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Yesterday was actually the first Tuesday of the year that I've missed. Because that's more important to me. I'll take a weekend Mm. job anytime, but getting to be with those women every week and have them pour into me and pray for me and help me when my basement floods (laughs) and, you know, just like real people (laughs) Mm -hmm. that are truly encouraging you to walk closer to Jesus has made all the difference because I really can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. I don't think we were wired to. That's good. That's so good. So... After we've talked about connections, yeah. how can people connect with you? Oh, so many ways. <laughs> um, actually, I'm really easy to find. My website is jessicafraylin.com. My Instagram is jessicafraylin. My Twitter is jessicafraylin. My Facebook is jessicafraylinwrites. <laughs> Mixing it up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm around on all those platforms and am always welcoming dms <laughs> from well-meaning only from well-meaning <laughs> listeners awesome well thank you so much jessica for coming and actually letting me know you're coming to this area it was so fun um it's been energizing to spend time with you today and rachel i'm so glad that you're back glad and you're co-hosting home. with me um kind of feels like home with you here at the um, microphone and Tucker Ficklin woo woo shout out to Tucker and to Clayton King Ministries for producing Overcoming Monday I'd love to hear how Overcoming Monday is making a difference in your life so please email me at shari at shariking.com got that shari at shariking.com and don't forget to listen to other episodes of this podcast available on your iTunes Spotify and on my website Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you found a little secret for your big breakthrough breakthrough today on Overcoming Monday. That's right. Can't ever say that all together, can I? <laughs> Tucker laughs at me every time, but that's okay. I don't have to be polished. Boom, we're done. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Overcoming Monday. Please be sure to subscribe and share us with your friends. You can also connect with Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Her handle is shariking99. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, subscribe to her blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening today, and hopefully we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.